Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Play ball! It's 30 with Murdy with your host, Sweeney Murdy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on 30 with Murdy. After a long hiatus, I won't bore you with all the reasons why. As we hit this offseason, waiting patiently for the hot stove news and eventually spring training again, I hope to deliver some interesting conversations to you. We started off here with one of Boston's World Series heroes, Nathan Avaldi. I first met Avaldi during his two seasons with the Yankees, and his time was cut short when he needed Tommy John surgery late in the 2016 season. Took almost two years of rehab and recovery, a process that also included tending to his Houston area home that was damaged by Hurricane Harvey. When he finally made it back, Ivaldi pitched well for the Tampa Bay Rays and then was dealt to the Red Sox just before the July 31st trade deadline. He made six appearances in the postseason, pitched to a 1.61 ERA. His most memorable appearance, of course, taking the loss in the 18-inning epic World Series Game 3 in Los Angeles. However, his performance there was celebrated for his effort, and the Red Sox rallied to win the championship in five games. Evaldi's now a free agent. We spoke this week about his road from Tommy John surgery to World Series champion. I hope you enjoy it. Nate, first thing, what's it feel like to be able to call yourself a world champion? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, you know, as a little kid, that's always your dream growing up. And then uh, this year, I mean, that's your goal every season. Every spring training, you know, everybody has that same goal in mind to win a World Series championship and to finally be able to say that, you know, we accomplished that goal feels amazing. Now, you obviously didn't start the year in Boston. When you're in spring training with Tampa Bay at the beginning of the year, what did you kind of feel like your best-case scenario was for your season? Obviously, you were coming off the rehab and everything. What did you think the season was going to look like for you? Um, I mean, kind of the way it played out. I mean, uh, the Reds were very open with me and very honest. And, I mean, that was kind of the mutual, mutual feeling was to go out there and perform well and hopefully be able to, you know, give the race something good in return and get traded at the deadline. Um, you know, but at the time, getting traded to Boston, that was never a thought that really crossed my mind. All this, you know, all the talk and everything, saying I'd go to all these other teams. And, uh, you know, when the when I got traded to the Red Sox, I was extremely surprised and happy at the same time. Was there any part of you that was surprised at how physically the year went for you, how you held up? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I... I expected to possibly have like a setback you know here and there but I mean I think that's just the credit to the Rays they were just they were unbelievable with uh my whole my whole rehab process uh you know they go out there and they take a gamble on me and give me a you know one year deal with the club option for the next year and they didn't rush me back in any way they gave me plenty of time in between my starts you know they didn't they didn't leave me out there you know in some uh, long outings they uh kept my arm nice and fresh and you know i told them you know if i was sore or something you know they gave me a day or two and uh you know i can't thank them enough for what they did for me so tell me a little about how you evolved as a pitcher this year through everything i mean we always knew 
You had uh, the good fastball split. The cutter is something that kind of developed for you along the way, and, and really you kind of changed the way people looked at you this year. How did that whole transformation take place for you? Um, again, I feel like with Kyle Snyder, you know, I felt like that was going to be one of the pitches I wanted to bust out a little later in the year. And, uh, you know, we keep throwing it in the side sessions and things like that, and Snyder was, you know, real encouraging with it, and he had shown me another grip for it. Uh, just another way of holding it, and that grip really, you know, took off for me. And, uh, it helped me throw that pitch more consistent with the with the good action it has. And um, yeah, we just started using it from that moment on. It was at first, it, you know, when we developed it, it was just uh, throwing it away to righty. And then when I got traded over to Boston, it was more of like we're, we're going to mix it in back door and you know front door to righties, go away to righties, and then same with lefties. And, uh, you know, that pitch, I just gained more and more confidence with it. And I was able to, you know, it became one of my elite weapons. Is, is this always been kind of the trick for you is to try to add that extra pitch to just kind of be able to get you through lineups a couple of times? Because you've obviously always had the big fastball. It seems like you're always kind of tinkering a little bit, change, split, cutter, just something to get guys off that fastball. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can always get better. You know, I, I feel like you can never, uh, you know, really stay the same, especially in, up there in the big leagues, it's you know the the hitters are always trying to get better. They're always trying to change, and uh, I feel like you got to adapt with them, and you know keep them off keep them off your fastball. They're everybody's so good at hitting the fastball, and everybody throws so hard nowadays. And, uh, you know, you can have more than you know one or two pitches to attack guys with. It makes that harder on them. And, um, you know, right there towards the end, I felt like my curveball is really starting to take off, and uh, you know I, I was using that more in the playoffs as well. So. So, so tell me about how the trade deadline stuff kind of went down. What you were, what you, what were you hearing? Did, were you, were you consumed with where you might end up? Uh, you knew the teams that were looking for pitching, like the Yankees, and you knew them obviously, the Red Sox. What are the some of the kind of things you were hearing and feeling leading up to the trade deadline? Honestly, I tried to keep, I tried to focus on just my starts right there before the deadline. I didn't want to be distracted in any way. Um, did I feel like I was going to get traded? Yes. To what team? You know, I have no control over that. You know, I never thought that the Red Sox would be the ones to acquire me in that trade, and they were. Um, I was just, you know, I was just trying to stay focused on the things that I could actually control. Um, you know, I mean, it's different with the free agency. You, you kind of have to say where you're going to go, but during the season, during the trade deadlines, you have no say whatsoever. So I felt like it was just wasn't important for me to focus on. I needed to try and focus on helping the team you know, when there was a start you made, um, I think it was maybe your second one after being traded. It was against the Yankees at Fenway in that early August series. Yeah. You know, yes, yeah, there was a lot of buzz for that series and a lot of energy in the building. What did, the, what did that feel like to you to be able to put up that big performance that day? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, and I just on a good, I had a good outing against the twins and the previous time I had faced them, you know, they, they hit me really well. So, I was coming off of another good start, and then, like you said, the energy in the clubhouse, the stadium, you know, the whole Boston, Boston Yankees rivalry and stuff. It was it was awesome uh, to go out there and perform the way I did against the Yankees. It was it was a really good feeling, and you know, kind of set the tone for the team, and you know, just you know, showed them the, the things that I could do and acquire them. And I mean, I felt like that helped me uh, get acquainted with all the guys and you know, bond with the teammates as well. 
Yeah, you were you were joining them at a time when they were they were red hot. I mean, what yeah. what's it like walking into that room and what was the energy like with with those guys? Because those guys were already two thirds of the way through to their mission when you got in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when I got in there, they were all relaxed and you know they're having fun. They've been dominating this the whole season, so uh, I felt I almost felt more pressure on me to perform better. <laughs> just because you don't want to, you don't want to ruin something that they have going already, and you know you, they want. I want them to, you know, feel confident, you know, playing behind me too when I'm out there on the mound. So, you know, I felt like I needed to uh, step up big in those first few starts, and I was fortunately able to do so. Yeah, and it's also it had been a while since you had to push through August and September of a baseball season just because of all the injury stuff you've been dealing with. So, was that part of your concern as well? Well, you know, I, I missed the beginning of the season this year when I had had those loose bodies removed. So it was almost a blessing in disguise. You know, I didn't make it back until uh, I think it was like May 22nd or 26th, something like that. So I had missed two months of the season. And it was almost as as if I was held back for the first two months, uh, you know. And so I was like, I felt like I was right in my prime right there towards the end of the season. So uh, I, was, I was feeling pretty good. After that, series against the Yankees the division lead opened up pretty good and it never really got that close again so did having the big lead kind of help you get through those last you know that last month and a half I think so yeah I mean it, it, I wouldn't say it eases your mind but I mean it, I would say you know it relaxes you a little bit you know that you're uh, you know you're going to be in first place in your division and then you can kind of rest up and be ready for the that postseason push so yeah, I would say it helped out a little bit. So how did they end up telling you about their plans for the postseason? Obviously, you shortened the rotation a little bit, and you're part of that, but they obviously had other plans for you. How did they go about telling you about that stuff, and what did you think about that? There really wasn't too much talk about it. Um, you know, there was always a possibility between me and Eddie Rodriguez, it was kind of the toss-up right there of who would start and who would come out of the bullpen. And... Uh, Right there towards the end, I think Eddie wanted to get a, a couple more uh, appearances out of the bullpen, so I needed to, you know, continue to start. Um, you know, so we'd have that fifth, or the fourth and fifth starter in the mm-hmm. rotation. So I kept throwing, and, you know, I just told AC, I'm ready to go whenever. You know, whenever you need me, you know, like, I don't want you to feel like there's any limitations. Like, I'm ready to go at any time. Just, you know, let me know. And it was kind of like that mutual agreement, and, uh, I saw, you know, Rick going down to the bullpen, Rick Porcello, Pride, they were all going down. I was like, all right, you know, if, if those starters are going down there, I definitely need to be going down there along with them. So went down there and just sat there patiently waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. You had you had a manager who was there for the first time. You've played for a bunch of different guys by now in your career. Alex Cora is managing for the first time. Dana Levange is a pitching coach. He's only been there a couple of years in that role. Uh, what were? How did you find working with those two guys after you know kind of bouncing around for the last few years? That was awesome. I mean, AC is he's an unbelievable manager. I mean, for this one being his first year, he was so calm and cool and collective. Uh, you know, there was you know no worry at any time coming from him you know he had all the confidence in the world from us coming from us uh and then working with dana was awesome too uh you know they're so locked in it it's a different approach that they have over there you know um a lot of the bullpen work and stuff it's it's they just go about it a little differently but um you know i really enjoyed working with those guys so in in what way is it different how does it prepare you differently the um it's like we do a lot of a lot of work with uh well certain guys we do a lot of work with just the like kind of stack cast spin rate things like that making sure you're getting that good release point and i think that helped me out a lot 
And then, uh, you know, Dana's just really good at recognizing the pitches that you throw, like if you throw them really well. Um, and then I was able to communicate with him real well, too. I mean, I had that good relationship with Kyle Snyder, too, but um, just all the feedback and everything we were able to get was just that immediate feedback. And um, I was able to correct my pitches in the bullpen, I think, faster than I normally would, which, you know, saved my throws and kept me on track. So I want to fast forward a little bit. You you end up beating the Yankees in the playoff series in four games. Um, how annoyed were you guys really at Aaron Judge and the and the New York New York thing? I don't know. I mean, I I didn't feel like I was really annoyed with it. I mean, other guys a little bit, but I feel like it just kind of set, gets that fire under us. You know, they were able to. You know, it makes you want to perform even better. I don't know. It was fun though. Do you, do you remember how you found out about it? I didn't find out almost until like up to that, up until like the game time. I guess you know I don't have any of the social media and things like that. So uh, when I found out, they you know they had told us about it, and it was just like I don't know. I brushed it off, but other guys you know kind of got them going. And was it? I mean, listen, you've obviously experienced <laughs> it. You were a teammate of Aaron Judge. You've experienced the Yankee yeah. side. I mean, were was it kind of fun to go through the whole New York, New York thing when you guys clinched after that? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, anytime you can win a big series, you know, it, it's going to be fun, and I think that just added to it. <laughs> your um, your next series, I mean, that was kind of a, a little different pressure for you, too. When you beat yeah. the Astros and Nolan Ryan sitting in the front row, I mean, for those of who don't know, I mean, you're from Alvin, Texas, the same town that produced Nolan Ryan. Yeah. This is the guy that, you know, kind of is in your thoughts from the time you were yeah, a kid sir. throwing a baseball. So when every pitch you throw, he's staring at you in the front row. What's, what's, what's that feeling like when you win that series and, and go through all that? I don't know. I mean, when I'm pitching, I'm not locked in the stands. You know, I'm trying to lock in on the catcher and be focused right there, so I don't notice him there, but... I, I, of course, I'm aware that he's there, and it's it's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I was able to talk to him before when I was with the Yankees after a start that he was there, and, you know, he, he's, he's locked into those games, and, I mean, he's a pitcher. You know, he recognizes everything people don't, and he's able to talk to me some about that. Uh, you know, just, like, consistency of your off-speed pitches, keeping your front side closed, things like that. I was like, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, just the opportunity to get to talk to him on top of that. You know, growing up in Alvin, it's like we have everything in Alvin – is related to Nolan Ryan in some way. So a little bit of it started to fade, but I mean, he's still a huge part of the town and city and uh, amazing to be a part of. You know, it's, I think there's some parallels here into, you know, he won his only world series ring with the Mets as a reliever on a, on a staff that had Tom Seaver and Jerry Kuzman. And he came out, you know, firing a hundred miles an hour out of the bullpen at a time when it was kind of unusual. So, I mean, you know, it seems like you guys seem to have a little bit more in common. Your, your bullpen work obviously gained a little bit of notoriety and helped, help the Red Sox in the series too. Yeah, it's pretty surreal. Uh, I mean, anytime people compare me to him, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I don't feel like you can be compared to a better person. And that, again, you know, everything he's done for our city, I can't think of enough. So, I mean, you talked about this a little bit, but you, David Price, Rick Porcello, you all started uh, gaining this reputation. I guess Alex Corey called you called you the Rovers. So, how did all this before when you before you get to the World Series, you've you've accomplished a big goal, getting to the World Series, and now it's once again it's kind of all hands on deck, and it's kind of the end of the line here. What did? How did all that talk start between? Did you guys get together? Did you guys individually go to uh, Alex Cora? How did all of that 
come about where, where your roles were going to be what they were? Again, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we just saw, like, I mean, I remember asking Rick, you know, like, hey, you going to the night? And he's like, yep. I'm like, all right, you know, makes my decision easier. Like, I'm definitely going down there, you know, and same with Price, you know. Like, hey, you going down to the night? He's like, yep. And, you know, he did that night before. He's like, I'm going down there. You know, just make yourself available. I mean, if you're down there, I mean, I feel like it tells, uh, you know, AC that, you know, you're ready to take the ball. You know, you're not going to go down there for nothing. So shows him that you're ready and you're going to be prepared and ready to go. You guys uh, win the first two games at Fenway to go up 2 nothing on the Dodgers, and you threw a, a scoreless inning in each of the first two games. You know, mm-hmm. watching the way you guys kind of rolled through to that point, was it did, it, did you guys feel as confident as it looked? Because you looked pretty unbeatable to that point. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely felt really confident. But I feel like that was part of the – we never had that ego of, you know, we got this. You know, like, we're going to win this. Uh, we took it game by game and at bat by at bat, pitch by pitch. And I felt like that's what made us so successful. You know, we never really got ahead of ourselves. We knew that at that point we needed to win two more games and, you know, we'd be the champs. And, uh, you know, you can never tell how it's going to play out, especially when you go into somebody else's home, home field. So um, I felt like everybody was able to stay confident but still focused on the goal, at, you know, that was at hand. All right, so going into that game three, I mean – You've had, obviously, a long couple of years of rehab. In the regular season, you've thrown 111 innings. You made a couple of starts and two other relief appearances in the postseason to that point. How does, how does your arm feel at this point? Honestly, I felt great. You know, I, this year I kind of changed my approach of, like, my routine in between my starting rotation. So I wasn't playing catch the day after I had started. And I kind of just took that same approach, uh, same approach into the bullpen. Um, you know, if. I wasn't going out there and playing catch before the games. I had an idea if I was going to get in the games, and I would just warm up down in the bullpen ready to go before the game. I didn't, I tr- I didn't try to put that extra pressure on myself or, uh, you know, that that feeling of like, okay, I ha- you know, this is my routine. I have to play catch before I do this, and I have to do that. When you go through that rehab process, there's days when they're telling you, you know, hey, you're going to throw today, you're, or you're going to throw bullpen, and then it's raining, and they're like, oh, we'll move bullpen tomorrow. It's like all that preparation you did the day before, you can't do it again. So it's just like, you know, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're picking up a ball and you're throwing it. I try to keep it as simple as that. You know, no, no, no added extra pressure. Just go through my mechanics. It's something that I've been doing for years. Uh, grab the ball and throw it through the catcher. Is it more just about trying to save the bullets because you kind of know the routine to that point and just making sure that you don't waste any throws? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that, that was also my approach. Um, you know, after a start, you, know, you throw at 7 o'clock at night and you're going to play catch at 2 or 3 in the morning or in the afternoon, you don't even get that full 24 hours of rest in. And being able to get that rest definitely helped. And then during the postseason, you, I mean, I'm expecting to throw every day. You know, that's just the way I'm trying to prepare myself and I don't want to waste any bullets at that point. All right, so as game three starts and you're watching Walker Bueller do what he does, you know, seven scoreless, mm-hmm. he leaves the game with a one nothing lead. Where are you at that point, and what are you thinking watching the game to that point? I mean, honestly, I was so confident in our team to come back and win. Um, I, I, I watched him do it all year, or, you know, like that second half, and it was unbelievable. It seemed like any time AC called on somebody to pitch hit for us, they were able to come through in a big moment and, you know, get those extra runs for us. So Jackie Bradley Jr. ends up getting the big hit. He ties it off of Kenley Jansen. 
in the uh-huh. eighth. It's a one-one ball game. You know, much different feeling than I mean you. And plus, I, I have met feeling that you're kind of conflicted here because you I mean you came up with the Dodgers. You played Kenley. Not that you guys aren't you know you don't want to win, but I mean you know how that guy feels. <laughs> what's the what's yeah. the feeling like for you watching that? I mean, honestly, when you're in between the lines, I'm rooting for my team and my team only. You know, I don't I don't have any remorse or anything like yeah. that. Maybe maybe afterwards. Yeah. But I mean, during the game, I'm like I'm so pumped for Jack, especially the way you know he's played all year and had his ups and downs. It seems like unfortunate luck, and for him to come through for us, like right after that Houston series and then the in the World Series, I was I was super pumped. So the first eleven innings now, it's one one. Are you in the bullpen the whole time? What's what's going through your mind as you're watching uh, this game unfold over the course of these first 11 innings? Yeah, I mean, I was down there in the pen ready to go, uh, you know, the whole game. Once we got Craig in there and he had gone out there for two innings, you know, I, I thought we'd be able to score some runs. Uh, before then, and then once Craig got out of the game, I was like, all right, now it's, you know, we either score runs or, you know, I'm going to be out here and I'm going to finish this game. Yeah, and it's 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 a different kind of pressure, isn't it? I mean, when you're in the game at that point, you don't. Have, I mean, you're used to being a starting pitcher. I know you did some. You know, obviously, you pitched out of the bullpen, but you're used to being a starting pitcher where you let the game kind of evolve here. And even if you come out of the bullpen, you have some room for error. Extra innings on the road. There's not a lot of room for error here. I mean, are you feeling the weight of every pitch at that point? You know, once we once we took that lead, and then. Uh, we had the air and they tied it up after that you know i i felt like i, I was feeling it a little bit um especially at the start of an inning you know i, I felt like i've almost put too much pressure on myself of trying to get that first batter out of an inning especially at home or i mean when you're on the road you get that first batter on base and uh whether it's a hit a walk something like that i feel like that that gets the other team going you know and that you know gives them that like all right we have a chance of winning it right here and that's what you don't want to happen. So I know I had, I think, an inning or two where I had either walked the leadoff batter or they had gotten a hit. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in those moments, I know I needed to really bear down and, you know, try and get us out of it. Yeah, and that 13th was one of those innings where you, you had a leadoff walk, but you get two outs uh-huh. and you get the ground ball to Kinsler. When you, when yeah. the ball's hit, are you thinking game's over? Yeah, I mean, off the bat, saw him going over there to it. I saw he was close enough to get it. And then, uh, you know, he got tripped up a little bit, slipped, and, you know, forced the throw, and uh, they were able to score. And, you know, had it not been two outs, and, you know, I feel like he would have been stuck at third or second base, but he's running on contact. And, you know, credit to him, he ran the whole base, you know, ran the bases hard the whole time through and was able to score in first. It's, uh, I mean, it wasn't too deflating. You have to gather yourself still and, and get that last out. You guys were able to do that. I mean, was it was it hard to do in the moment, or kind of easy to put behind you and know that you had to get that last out? Um, I mean, for me, you know, Kinsler's been back there, you know, that whole second half for me, and you know, I've seen the way he plays, and I'm getting such an unbelievable athlete. Uh, I wanted to pick him up right there in that moment, and then uh, you know, I'm confident I'd be able to get Barnes out right there. I just needed to put, put that, you know, put that play behind me immediately, and you know, lock it in for the long haul. Yeah, long haul is what it ended up being. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. You know, when when you're in the the 14th, the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, I mean, do, physically, does it feel like any other start you've made at that point, or is it you know, is it just more exhausting? Um, I was I was definitely getting tired towards the end. 
Um, you know, I, but I had the, uh, the adrenaline was definitely gone, and then the emotions, you know, just that, uh, you know, from the teammates, you know, I didn't want to let them down, and, you know, I, you know, I was confident that we'd be able to score a run right there and take the lead, and I just kept telling myself, you know, two more innings, two more innings, because once we scored, I had to go back out there, and, you know, I wanted to be the guy to go back out there and, uh, you know, sh- get get that shutdown inning to seal the deal. Was there ever any discussion at that point, like, okay, tiring, maybe it's, maybe this is going to be it. Did that, did that talk ever come up at that point in those middle innings? I mean, AC came over there and he talked to me every inning and was asking me how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, you know, and I just kept telling him, oh, I'm good. I want to finish it. I want to finish it. And he was like, all right, let's go. You're, um, you you had kind of like an epic thing happening with Mac, Max Muncy because you ended up facing him three times. You know, yeah. he saw a lot of pitches, which I'm sure helped him. He walks mm-hmm. the first time you face him in the 13th. That's a six-pitch at yeah. bat. And then in the 15th, it's it's a 10-pitch at bat before you strike him out. So he's seen... And he had also hit that long ball foul, that long home run. Yeah. Foul ball home run, and I was like, oh. Did you did you think that was over then? <clears throat> I mean, I thought that one, I thought it was going to hit the pole. You know, it's hard for me to see that angle right there. And a lot of the times, I think I was throwing him a cutter in, too, and he uh, pulled it foul, and a lot of the times it starts hooking foul like real quick, and that one was staying straight, and I was like, no, get foul, get foul. And, you know, fortunately he was able to get foul, and I was able to get him on the uh, you know, backdoor cutter right there at the end. So he's now seen 16 pitches from you. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he's seen pretty much everything. What's your plan for that third at bat? I mean, I wanted to get ahead, and I ended up falling behind 3-0, you know, and I knew right there that that put me in a tough spot. And again, you know, I didn't want to, you know, walk the lead off batter to get him on base and I was able to get him uh into another full county he was telling off the high fastballs and you know before that was my you know one of the ways I wanted to get him out either have him pop it up or swing and miss and he just I felt like he kept putting a better swing um you know every time on a high fastball so I wanted to uh try and go back to the backdoor cutter and I don't know if it was the previous at bats you know, maybe because it was a three-two count before, and I got him out on a back, you know backdoor cutter. But you know, I threw that that backdoor cutter, and it was a, a little higher than I had really wanted it. And uh, you know, he put good enough swing on it to win the game. I mean, that's listen. It's it's not one of these home runs at Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium where you kind of know as soon as he hits it, it's hit opposite field in a big ballpark. What what do you yeah. think? What do you think right off the bat? Initially, I, th- I mean, I. I thought it was gone. You know, I was hopeful that it would not be gone, but, you know, it is what it is, and he was able to get enough on the ball to hit it out of the park. You had never given up a walk-off home run in your big league career. I don't know if you ever did it in the minors or anywhere else, but what do you what do you remember about walking back to the clubhouse or walking off the mound and back to the clubhouse? What You know, do you remember certain feelings or cer- any sights yeah, or anything? I mean, I don't know. It was it was a terrible feeling. Of course, you know I know I know I just lost the game for us, and uh, you know to me coming off the field, I just felt like I had let everybody down. You know, I'd go out there and I'd thrown you know the six seven innings, and I almost felt like it was all for nothing in a way. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we ended up losing, and then I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to be able to throw tomorrow, and uh, you know it was just a frustrating moment for me. But then to have all my teammates, you know, support me the way they did, it was turning turned out to be an amazing moment for me. You yeah. know, one of, my, one of the highlights of my career. Yeah, tell me about the that team meeting after, because that feeling you're talking about, they didn't let you have that feeling for long. No, yeah. Uh, 
I mean, Price caught me at the top step, you know, was giving me a hug and just telling me, you know, like, it was just an unbelievable performance and things like that. And everybody patting my back as we're walking down into the clubhouse and then AC, you know, called a team meeting right away. And, you know, he was just telling us, uh, you know, it was probably one of the hardest games that we played all year. And uh, he's like, from the first pitch to the last pitch, he's like, you know, and then singled me out and just told me, like, how great of a job I did and just such an unbelievable performance. And then everybody was, like, standing up giving me, you know, clapping, giving me an ovation and, you know, thanking me for my performance. And for them to be a part of the game and things like that, it was just, you know, gave me goosebumps. And it was an un- 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 unbelievable moment. moment. But, you know, in my mind, coming out of that game, I'm thinking, you know, we just lost the first game at in uh, Dodger Stadium. You know, like, I didn't want to give them that opportunity of, building a comeback and you know now it's two to one the series and but when the guys you know when they were all fired up about my performance and you know going out there as long as I did you know I gave me all the confidence in the world that we were going to be able to win the world series in the next two games yeah and that's um I mean that sounds unusual did it feel weird to you to have a game that you lost uh be celebrated so much and listen we all know why because of the effort that went into it but it's you know listen sports is about results and exactly. your your effort was celebrated to you know by everybody on both sides and to have that in your clubhouse did that feel a little weird for you because at the end of the day like you yeah. said you still know that you've lost that game and and maybe given the Dodgers a chance to get back into the series absolutely I mean to me like that's how I do it I don't I don't care how well I did you know the end results is I got the loss you know I you know, the team was able to, you know, there it's a two to one series now, you know, and that was on me. Uh, but again, like you said, you know, the way the team reacted and responded to that, you know, it, it turned it around and gave me all the confidence that, you know, we'd be able to come back and win the next two games. And, I mean, everybody was fired up from it. So, um, you know, I was thankful for sure. Was it Cora calling that meeting right away that they kind of, made everybody feel like that? Do you think it would have felt a little bit differently if he had waited or, you know, waited till the next morning or something? Or if he hadn't done that right away, do you think it would have changed the way you walked out of there? I don't know. I mean, everybody was so fired up from it. Uh, You know, even like walking, you know, down the dugout for coming off the field, you know, it wasn't just Price up there, uh, you know. I I don't remember everybody who was over there. I mean, I know Benintendi was over there, Nunez, uh, there were a lot of guys who were making sure that they gave me the pat on the back and, you know, reassuring me of such a positive, you know, with such a good performance and stuff that I had had out there. And then, you know, AC, he was calling it like right when we were walking down in the tunnel, you know, like team meeting, be ready, stay inside, you know, everybody in the clubhouse. So I would say, you know, part of that too to AC, I mean, he's yeah. an unbelievable manager and, you know, just being able to feel those moments and recognizing that it, it's it's awesome. Did you really go up to him before game four the next night and tell him you you could go? Oh, yeah. I told him that <laughs> night after the game that I was ready to go. You know, if you need me, I'm ready. I mean, we have two games left, and you know, I wanted to be a part of it. You obviously ended up finishing the deal. You didn't have to pitch again, but what's it like when – I mean, it's the stuff everybody dreams about as a kid. You talked about it earlier, playing for that goal. Final out of game five, what did that feel like to you? It was awesome. You know – in that situation right there, we were, I was actually warming up in the bullpen to come in. Uh, they said that if a run had scored off a of sale, then they were going to get me in the game. Uh, for either the last out or the last two outs, depending on, you know, 
the outcome of the game is Hill's out there just dominating, doing, you know, what he does. So uh, that last out, I was able to come up, because uh, I thought I was going to have the last out, and then they didn't call down to the pin, so I went up there to the pants and, you know, watched and seen Hill do what he did, and then the guys in the bullpen, you know, it's like we throw the gloves, and how you turn it, and then it's just a sprint from the bullpen, that long run straight to the mound, and it's just unbelievable, you know, jumping up on everybody, and, you know, it's like we finally achieved that ultimate goal, and we're the champs. You know, you touched on this a little bit, but what what impressed you most about Alex Cora and the way he was able to push all the right buttons, you know, whether it's pinch hitters? Listen, there's a little bit of luck involved there. The players have to perform in those yeah. spots to make him look that good. But what did you what did you learn about him that, that impressed you so much in the short time that you were with him? I feel like he has that connection with all the players. You know, like he comes through the clubhouse every day, he talks to everybody. You know, it's not like he just goes in his office and he's far away. I mean, his office is right there, like pretty much connected to the clubhouse. Um, you know, and he talks to all the guys. He finds out how they're feeling, how they're doing. And, uh, you know, I feel like he prepares the guys, too, for the game. You know, like just in case, you know, like an inning or two away, he might come up to you and say, hey, you know, be loose, be ready for, you know, the lefty coming in the game or the righty coming in. And guys are able to lock in and, get ready for that and uh i mean just as calm and cool collected as he is i feel like there's never any you know he doesn't doesn't look worried at all he always looks confident and he believes in us that we're going to be able to go out there and get the job done so uh now you're a free agent and you were kind of a free agent two years ago and it was a different process because you know the rays had yeah. the team that had to take a chance on you knowing you were an injured player, um, you were out there for everybody, but much different now, and you got a lot of exposure in October. What's it feel like right now, heading into this? Um, you know, it feels really good. It feels like all that hard work's finally paid off, and, um, you know, right now we're just trying to be patient and, uh, you know, see what teams contact us, and, um, you know, really just treat this like any other offseason. You know, get ready to come out next year and perform, for whatever team uh, you know, feels the most, I guess, confidence in me and who, I guess, wants to be the most. You, um, you know, there was some talk after watching the way you performed in October about whether you'd yeah. make a good closer. I mean, is that something you've even thought about, or are you looking at this as I'm a starter? You know, I'm going into this looking as, a, as, a, as I'm a starter. You know, I love starting. I love uh, being able to prepare for that one day, you know, one day a week, whatever type deal, and uh, to do that, but I mean, if if, you know, if I need to be a closer or if that roll up, roll opens up, you know, I'd, I would also like to do that, too. You know, I've, I've never had an opportunity to close, and you know, I really haven't had much relief for it other than the postseason this year. Uh, but I enjoy my time down there as well. So, I mean, I would, I, would, I would like to stay in the starting rotation, though. Have you even started to think about possible choices here, whether it's going back to Boston, whether the Yankees are still in the mix and you know, Houston's always looking for pitchers and that's your hometown area. Are there are there choices lined up for you yet or is it still kind of open? Yeah, I think it's still kind of open right now. You know, I'd love to go back to Boston. Uh, you know, the relationship I had with all the guys and being able to win a World Series is, you know, it's an extremely hard task to accomplish and, um, you know, I'd love the opportunity to go back there and try and do it again. But then again, you know, you got to be smart about the situation. Like you said, the Astros, hometown, you know, and that'd be great for my family. And there's a lot of things that go into it. But, uh, I mean, right now, I haven't even really thought, I haven't thought too much about it. You know, I know things probably won't pick up till later, but just trying to relax and enjoy the, enjoy that ride right now of being the World Series champs. 
when you think about the last two years and everything that happened, you know, having to have a second Tommy John surgery and just a long rehab process and going from all of that to being a world champion and one of the most coveted free agent pitchers on the on the market, what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself over these last two years? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough question uh, to answer. Um, I don't know, I mean, I've, I've learned so much, you know, when you, when you go through that process, you have to trust so many other people, you know, and just kind of leave it in their hands, you know, I mean, you're out, you don't have control of, you know, over so many different things that you're going through right there and, uh, you know, process of getting the surgery, rehabbing, you're trusting everybody that they're going to be able to take care of you and, I feel like it's just the communication with uh, all everybody that's helping you out in that process, and just getting to spend time with my family more, and you know, become a better husband and father, uh, teammate, friend to everybody. You know, that's helped me out. Um, I mean, it's definitely been a long road for sure. It's uh, uh it's it seemed to have all the, the best rewards wrapped up into it when you can figure out that you're, that you came back strong and helped the team win. I mean, those, those are the two things that you probably want to do more than anything when, when it first happened, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all going. I mean, you, you get hurt and it's like, wow, you know, season's over for me, you know, and you got to wait a year or two, but it's like, all right, well, let's attack this day by day and we'll, you know, we'll go from there and, to get to the point where we are now, you know, feeling great at the end of the season. I can't tell you the last time I felt like that. Uh, you know, almost, you know, I was almost disappointed that the season was over. You know, I wanted to keep going and keep throwing, and uh, you know, but just to be able to see a chance, it's an amazing feeling. All that hard work finally paid off. Nathan Avaldi will turn 29 in February. He's one of the more intriguing free agents in the market, given what he just accomplished after a long two-year process of rehab from his second Tommy John surgery. All parts of his life for thriving. Evaldi's ready to cash in on a big contract, and his wife is expecting their second child in January. A very good time in his life right now, and as we sit here in November, certainly a lot to be thankful for. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. More episodes to come on WFAN.com and on iTunes. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.